Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. My feet has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. In other words, God's word meant more than anything else in the world. He put all of his stake in something that was eternal, that was for sure, and that couldn't fail. God cannot fail. God cannot lie. How many of you know that? And when you put your trust in him, he sees it, and he won't fail you. He'll never let you down. The subtitle for today's message, based on this series of God seeing everything, we're going to talk about how you can see God in everything. How to see God in everything that you do. There is an awareness that God gives us. There is a, a sense of knowing. You are a child of God. God is never, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. You belong to him. You're special. And God's anointing is in your life. He is. His anointing is in your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are anointed. You are called by God. I'm getting to reverb up here. Turn down the monitors. Now turn to somebody, give them a high five and tell them, let's have church. Let's, let's enjoy this today. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you for standing and honoring God's word. I think it's healthy for the body just to stand during God's word. Just appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, who hasn't been in a place where you couldn't see God, you couldn't hear God in a problem? I think we all have. Sometimes, you know, if the devil, I just feel like I need to throw this out there, um, if the devil can't get you by failure, he'll try to get you by success. See? Sometimes the devil doesn't come and he has those horns and fangs. Sometimes he comes and looks successful, pretty, smells good, looks good, sounds good. Whatever it takes to get God's heart, whatever it takes to get God's heart uh, and his attention, I promise you will always be directly a product of him getting our hearts and having our attention. Always. But sometimes God can, can, can has to come into our life and realign us and bring us back in. And, and, and God does that with love, and God does that with goodness. The Scripture says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. But many times, many times, people in the world think that when, when God... Uh, tries to get our attention, or God wants to stir us, that he will do something bad. Now, I'm not saying God won't correct someone, because he's a loving father, but when a father corrects, 
It may seem like it stings for a moment, but it's always, always followed by love and reassurance and, and, and just security. But a lot of things that happen in the world, aren't, it isn't God's doing. And we make the mistake of associating God with every bad thing. When I've spoken to atheists or agnostics, non-believers, and I ask them why or do they believe in God, or that there is a God or Jesus, their first reply is, if there was a God, why do all these bad things happen? If there was a God, why did Columbine happen? Why did Florida happen? Why did Santa Fe happen? And then we feel that we have to try to justify God and stand by God. Number one, you know, there's always a moment to stand for Jesus, and there's always a time to to give him that place and honor. And, 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 and living for God justifies him more than you trying to, to debate with somebody. I'm going to repeat that again. Living for God, keeping a right attitude, keeping a right disposition, uh, keeping a right stance, not what you say, but sometimes not saying anything sometimes, holding your tongue will, get, will be a better testimony than us trying to argue with the world or people who don't believe to try to make them believe that Jesus is alive and well. Job couldn't say hardly anything to his friends, no matter what he said to them when problems were happening and occurring. They kept on saying, surely you did something wrong. Or, you know, they tried to be a little bit self-righteous and tell them, you know, maybe you need to do this, maybe you did that. How, you know, what's going on? They all believed that he had sinned. Even his own wife said, just, you're still holding on to your integrity, curse God and die. And, Finally, Job just became a man and said, shut up. (laughs) Speak like a foolish woman. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, sometimes you just have to say it. But his life proved his faith more than his words. He never blamed God. He never came out and said, God this or God that. He simply gave God praise. And in this portion of Scripture, he is simply telling and testifying, I look in front of me, he's not there. I look to my left, he's not there. I look to my right, look behind me, I'll look all around, he's not there. But I know, even though I can't see him, I am fully aware that he sees me. I am fully aware. So don't think for one moment, just because these incidents happen all around the world, that it has to do with God's judgment or God not seeing or thinking God doesn't care and putting God in that place he was never meant to be put in. God is not the source of these problems. These problems originate in the hearts of men and women who are void of the presence and the leadership and the influence of the Holy Ghost in this world. And people make decisions and bad decisions. But I thank God that he has a people that know how to pray. I thank God that there are mamas out there that still know how to hit their knees and ascend up to the throne room of God and allow God to move into their lives and their their communities. The best thing that we can do as believers is be aware that God sees everything, that God knows everything. 
But to see God in everything is a different story and a different approach. Because we don't see God in everything sometimes. Uh, God sees everything. We know that. We know God sees everything. We know that God is aware. We, we started the series off with David's testimony when he said, If I made my bed in hell, you'd be there. If I flew and took the wings of the morning and flew across the sea, you would be there. I can't hide from your presence. You're, you're everywhere's, everywhere's God. I can't hide from you. We know that. But for us, from our perspective, not from a God perspective, but from our perspective, which it really takes God to see this and to know this, but from our perspective, when something happens like this, in the eyes of every believer that can perceive and understand and be in the same place. Now, your problems may not ever be as big as Job's, but you could, you could be surrounded at one point in your life. David was surrounded at one time. David said, you know, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, my enemies, they came up upon me to eat my flesh, but they stumbled and fell. He said, yea, though that an army shall encamp around me and the enemy will plant and supplant against me. This one thing will I know, and this one thing that I do trust and hold on to, is that I will desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of his holiness, and to focus on God. That means focus on God, no matter what anybody else is doing, no matter what's going on around me, no matter how many haters I have, I know that he loves me. I know that he loves me. And, and that is the key to a successful Christian life, is knowing, being aware. And if you can get to the place of being aware through a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can see God in everything. You, let me rephrase that. Not in the way that it was God's fault, but in the way where the the believer can see God work in everything. I want you to repeat this after me. Are you ready? Repeat this after me. All things, All things work, together work together for my good. For my good. All, things All things work together, work together. For, my good. for my good. According to his purpose and his will in Christ Jesus. All things do. That's it. All things do. Because you're loved by him and you love him back. There isn't one thing in this world that can come against you that can keep you down, keep you back, or set you back. Every setback is a setup in the kingdom of God. Every setback is a setup. Every pushback is a breakthrough and can be a breakthrough by simple simply having faith now there's not one person that hasn't been in that place there's not one person that hasn't been there but religion always says okay if something bad happened to you then you must be sinning in your life that's an old religious mindset you're going through a lot of problems stay away from their house they're doing something wrong all hell breaking loose over there in that neighborhood. I ain't going by that house. 
They must be doing something wrong, right? That's what we always think, right? We, there's, not, there's not much difference between our day and Job's day. You know, what you're doing wrong? You know, everything's breaking out. You got all these lawsuits against you. You got all these people who hate you. You got all these people talking about you. I saw what they said about you on Facebook. Praise the Lord. That's when you praise the Lord from a distance. Peace. Peace unto you. What side? I do it all the time. I don't care if it means nothing to you, something to you, it doesn't matter. West side. Anyhow, listen to what Jesus said. Listen to this. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Now Jesus passed by, and he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind, and Jesus said, neither this man or his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. That's why this is going to be a good thing. He said, God, it wasn't his parents, it wasn't him, it wasn't, you know, he didn't do nothing wrong, but I do know this, God didn't cause it, but God can use it. Let that sizzle just a little bit. That was a little sizzle right there. God didn't cause it, but God can use it. See, that's a shift in the paradigm in your mind. From going for who did what to look what God can look what God's gonna do. I know what God can do. That's the faith of believer. That's, that's the kind of thing people are looking for. They, they, listen, they, they really don't need troubleshooters. They don't need uh, Christian. No one, there's a, listen, there's enough officers out there to, that can tell people and throw the flags and give them tickets and tell them the difference between right and wrong. Like, people don't need you preaching to them. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I mean by preaching to them, people know what sin is in their life. They know that there's right and wrong. Everyone knows and have a God's conscience. Listen, if they're alive and they're breathing, God works on everybody. Now, you may think people don't have a conscience at all, but I believe that God is so merciful that if they're not completely surrendered to hell, that there is enough hope in their life to hear the voice of God. And what they really need to hear in their life is, listen, I know your situation looks really bad, but God can. I know this is, look, it looks a lot, it looks hopeless, but let me tell you a story that God did for me, and if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I, I was where you're at. I've been where you're at. I was addicted to drugs just like you do. I used to smoke weed just like you did. I used to drink just like you did. But look at me now. I'm here to tell you God can fill you with something better. God can do something better in your life. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the message, the method needs to change. No one needs you to go, I'm just, I don't know, who, who am I talking to? No one, you want to change the world? You want to see things happen? Stop policing everybody and going to everybody and telling them, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the word of God, and thus saith, listen, don't mind. nobody wants to hear that. What they want to hear, that what they want to hear is a good report that God can, then they want to see it happen. Yeah. 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 Amen. 
They want to see. Then that book you love so much that I love so much that we adore so much that we're trying to get them to believe too. They won't believe it. See, until this is the way it works sometimes. You, everybody wants, who am I talking to? This is how it works. We try to clean the fish, the fish before God catches them. But, but, we try to disciple them. And listen, we're living in a new generation, folks. I'm going to tell all of you. Most of the Bible I read, it comes from this right here. It's not thumb through. I have one of those. I have quite a bit of Bibles at home, and I still use them. But these millennials and people that we're dealing with now in this Generation X that's coming up, they're into technology, and they see God's Word, and their view and their perspective is different from all angles this day. But one thing that has never changed is the fact that the author of the book the author of the book still shows up before and after they read it. And what people want to have now is an experience with the author before they'll accept his words. This generation looks for experience, and it's only going to be conveyed through people who are aware and they know that their God is great, that their God is a deliverer. Not, not hear about their God being a deliverer, but people who have actually been delivered. I got a question for you. Has God ever delivered you from depression? Has God ever healed you from a sickness or a disease? Let me ask you another question. Has God ever blessed you where you had bills so high you couldn't see your neighbor, but God came and paid them off for you? He blessed you with another job. He prospered your business. He made you the head and not the tail. You've got a story then. You have something to say in this world. And, and, and there's, a, there's a reason why God's been so good to you. It's because God wants to move through you. Number one, in order to persuade the world and let them be aware, you have to be fully aware. So number one, let him fill your mind and your spirit and your body. Let him fill every department of your being. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And in order for God to lead others and to make others aware, we try so hard. This is a completely different message from the first service. In order for God to be completely resourceful for someone or to simply, you know, be effective in our world, wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone you knew that you were close to at least, not knew because you knew a lot of people, but wouldn't it be amazing that uh, the people that were in your circle of life, wouldn't it be wonderful for God to touch their hearts and change their hearts and for them to have the same values that you have. Now, not, not, I'm not talking about, about your, your own conviction or your, 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 your own ways of quirky ways of doing things. We all have quirky ways, right? We've all like, you know, we all like uh, just a certain amount of sugar in our tea, right? Not everybody, uh, not everybody likes lemon in their tea, you know? 
And, 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 and if, 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 you know, sometimes we get to the place where if the smoke ain't coming out of our stack, it didn't happen. There ain't no fire. But, but everybody has an experience. But wouldn't it be wonderful if people can experience God like you have? It'll change their perspective. But unless you and I are willing to become the change first, we'll never see change in anybody else. Wouldn't it be wonderful for God to save your whole family? Now, I can't say that with confidence because it is God's will that God save you and your household and everyone really you know, the whole world really, it is God's will. But it is, you have a better chance, you have a better chance of going and making an impression with your household than you do anybody else at first. Even salespeople will tell you this. Even people in sales will always tell you, hey, first, go sell to your family, go sell to your relatives, give them a call. Then, they, then the second thing, which is probably really don't like, but they say it anyway, then go to your church family. Churches will get on board with you, all this stuff. You know, I don't know if you've have you ever been a part of something like that. Well, maybe you are. Don't raise your hand. But anyhow, even the salespeople know that marketing through people, word of mouth is the best way. But, but in the kingdom of God, I don't think there's really much of a difference there when it comes to winning people, the people that are close to you. I don't know how you feel about it, but I want every one of my children to make it to heaven. I want every one of my family members to make it to heaven. I want every one of my relatives to be with me, to be together, to be in the same place. That's the greatest hope that we've got. And by the way, when you pass from this world, I've never in my life, and neither have you ever in your life, seen a U-Haul in the back, hooked up to the back of a hearse going to the cemetery because you'll never take anything in this world with you to the next world. The only thing and only person you'll have with you are your loved ones, and that's all that matters. But to see change, it has to come from within first. Jesus knew how to properly reply to religious people when they asked him theological questions. Jesus was so wise, he went to the root of everything in people's hearts. He knew exactly what they were thinking. He answered them in ways they didn't have a clue what he meant sometimes, but he knew. He knew more than they knew. He knew why they asked. He knew what they, not, he, he knew what they wanted to hear, but he knew what they needed to hear. And so listen to this. Mark 12, 28 and 31. Mark 12, 28 and 31 says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing one with another, seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the, is the most important of all? That, that's what he wanted to know. Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord is one. Aren't you glad for one God? I don't, we don't serve multiple gods, right? You understand what I'm saying? You can, listen, I don't care how good the Chinese meal is. Buddha ain't going to save you. All you want to rub on that belly, it ain't going to change a thing. And there's some good Chinese food in town, but I'm telling you, it won't save your soul. But Jesus, that's all I'm saying. Jesus. And I can go through the list of all the Buddhas and Muhammads and all that stuff. But you know what? When it comes down to it, there's only one name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
And so Jesus told him to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Here, O Israel, there's only one. And so verse 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other commandment greater than these. No other commandments. This meant <clears throat> that God, that Jesus was trying to tell them, let God occupy your life. And when he can fill your heart, are you ready? Your heart is where your passions rest. When you can let his passion become your passion. To all of our business people that are here, the, 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 the reason for the success are the basis of your foundation for your business should always be driven by the kingdom of God. If you want to see your business be successful the way God sees it, then you can see it the way he sees it. Because when you tie it to the kingdom, then it becomes an avenue or a resource for God to bless because it's tied to the kingdom. So when your passions, so all every mom and dad here, when you understand you're not just raising them kids so they can just get a good job so they won't put you in a retirement home later. <laughs> Look to my kids first, by the way, just to let you know. Now, I know there's circumstances that, you know, you need help and you got to, I know, I, my mama had to go through some tough situations. We had to put her in a nursing home. We didn't like it one bit. But, you know, sometimes the situations call for those things. But if they're doing well and you have space, I'm going to tell you, if I ever get put in a nursing home, Caleb, and y'all put me there when y'all have plenty of room in your house, you got maids and all that stuff, I will ask the Lord to let me come back and visit you. I will ask him. Just one night, God, just one night. your passions are tied to his passions when you raise those kids because you know you're raising them for God when you got that job because you know you're there representing God on that job when your passions are tied to his passions when when your mind is filled with the imaginations of God's inspiration thoughts you know our imagination was given to us not to have images that was put fear and anxiety in our hearts. The reason why God gave you an imagination wasn't just to be creative. It wasn't just to have humor. The imagination was given to you so the Holy Ghost and the Word of God can project an image of what God wants you to see for your life. And he wants you to see the outcome. When you look at defeat, he wants you to have an imagination inspired by him to see him helping you overcome defeat. When the mind of, that you possess is possessed by the word of God and the spirit of God. When your strength, he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy strength and might. That means work, hands, feet. That's why we encourage everybody, even if it's once a month, always, always put the, hand, the work of God in your hands. Because what's in your hands will always be in your mind, always be in your heart. And if you put forth the effort... Once you believe and you're passionate about it, and once you have an image and a mindset 
that he can do all things. The next thing he said to do to love him with, your works. Act on it. If you really believe, act on it. If you really say you love me, then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the challenge. In other words, you'll never see change unless you make changes right here. But love me first. If you say you love God and hate your brother, John said, There's, you're, you're lying. It all starts right here. Somebody say, God, change me. Come on, somebody say, Lord Jesus, change me. Change my heart. Change my mind. Change my, my thoughts. And, and God, re, reevaluate, God, my values, what I value more than anything else in this world. Number two is this. Once you get that right, once you get yourself aligned with God, then what you see is what you get. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Our perspective and what we see is based on what's in the mind. Okay? Well, let me, let me, let me, let me do this, okay? Let me just do this. If you're looking, what are the, some of the things we see? We see things that cause fear. We look at things that scare us, stuff that's fearful. We can look at fear, right? We look at fear, something terrifying. And what it does in our lives, it produces worry. In our natural nature. It produces worry. And then, and then, then this, is, this is what else happens. We look at a battle in front of us, and whatever that battle is, it doesn't matter. Because if you are operating in your own humanity, this is what you're going to have in your mind. You'll have defeat. Before you even took and made the first step, the battle is won and lost first in the mind. That's why they tell every athlete, before you even put your best foot forward, see yourself first across the finish line. You have to win. You have to already have had beaten your opponent before you even stepped into the ring. You, you, you have to first succeed in your mind before you ever launch that business. You have to first see yourself prospering and doing these things. And you know what you do to back all that up? You have to have a passion for it, right? You have to see it in your mind as an image, and you have to act on it by practicing. And then when the time comes, when it's time for you to act on it, opportunity presents itself, the prepared always enter in. People that are prepared Never miss an opportunity, ever. They're always prepared. I talked to my kids about this yesterday. The prepared always go in. You think God's doing something good right now. That's wonderful. You got to a level, a new level. There are more than just one level. There's more than one level in your life God wants to take you to. 
God wants to take you to another whole level. But guess what? If it took God to get you to the first level, it's going to take God to get you to the rest of the levels. Never dis- get, get di- disconnected from God. You understand what I'm saying? Never get dis- Why am I stuttering on that? Never get disconnected. Okay. Never get disconnected. I'm saying one more time. Never get disconnected from God. Always stay connected. But this is what happens. Without an awareness, without an awareness of God's spirit, everything you see will translate to that. But this is what really happens. This is what God really wants to do. Number one, God wants to fill your mind. We've seen this a hundred times. I, I know we have. Okay, let me see. God wants to put something in your spirit to go up into your brain. He wants to let your brain, the spirit of your mind, be renewed, fortified. And it takes two things. Are you ready? You know this. It takes his spirit, which is there, right? And it also... takes his word to fortify that mind. And when your mind is filled with his word, let me, tell you, let me give you a secret. I want you to write this down because I'm going to finish this illustration, but I want you to write this down. Take note of this. Put it in your, your notes. If you have anything to take note with, put it in your notes, in your phone, whatever it is. I want you to remember this. Most of the time, people have a big struggle in their life because when something bad happens, they have no awareness of God's presence. No awareness. Many times I have, I have wondered what, why don't I feel him or why don't I sense him or what's going on. And I've learned the secret how to always be aware of him. And here's the secret. Sometimes you get out of balance. When you pray, here it is, how to stay constantly aware of God's presence requires two things. This is just to simply be aware. And it's so simple, but I'm explaining it to you. Every day you must read God's word for a relationship, not a sermon. I don't care if you've got a pulpit ministry or not. Sometimes we all read it just for sermons or thoughts or ideas we can just share with somebody else or post on Facebook. Oh, my God, that's such a good thought. I'm going to preach today. You read that Bible for a relationship. How do I read the Bible for a relationship? Well, this is how you do it. It's simply put, if God did it for Moses, he can do it for me. God did it for Peter, he can do it for me. God did it for Paul, he can do it for me. If the Father did it for Jesus, he can do it for me too. Because Jesus said, greater the work shall you do because I go to the Father. And I'm going to send my spirit and empower you. And he said, greater works. Not, not, not greater than raising the dead. That's not what he was saying. In other words, greater number because we'll have more time on this earth than three years that Jesus had. We'll have more number of miracles that we can do. God can work in our life. God can do so much more. You understand? That's why... Most of you have never walked on water. 
but you can see it happen. So, so having an awareness of his word to replace everything else and purposely driven by reading the word for relationship is one. But I've found this is what I was going to tell you, that in my life I have stopped and thought, you know what, why don't I feel him? Why, why am I not making sound judgment? Why am I not? And I've, I've analyzed myself enough to realize, because I've been reading the word today, but I didn't pray. Every day, you must talk to God with focus and sincerity. Being focused and being sincere. That means no distractions. Trust me, there is a difference between having windshield time prayer and having closet time prayer. Closet time prayer will get you further ahead than multitasking prayer. You have to find time, even if it's five minutes. And there have been other times where I thought to myself, I feel incomplete. I feel a zeal, but I'm lacking a wisdom. And I realized, wait a minute, I've been so busy, I have been, I have been praying, but I haven't stopped to really read his word to balance me out. So when anytime I felt I'm Balance is because I've been unbalanced here. Spirit, no word. Word, no spirit. God designed it and gave us this book, whether this book is in your phone or your Bible at home. He designed it to put it in here so God can let it resonate in your heart and let the spirit begin to influence that so you can feel a balance in your life. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it sometimes. You know, the word without the spirit kind of feels like enchiladas without rice and beans. <laughs> right? Peanut butter, with that, peanut, butter, peanut butter without jelly. Right? Husband without wife. Something's off. Or a good Mexican meal without tortillas. I mean, just homemade tortillas, by the way. <laughs> Something's off here. Something's not right. And all joking aside, I'm just simply telling you that most Christians are out of balance. They're out of balance. And they can feel it. So this is what happens. This brings, it always brings an awareness. And you can see God in everything when you have a proper perspective. And this is what happens. So now... When you have an awareness, then when you have these, when you have this, oh, let's go back to this. Let's do this. Ah. <laughs> oh, let's, let's, let's do this one. Let's do this one. How about, wait. Throw something at me. What are you dealing with right now? Distractions. How about this? How about temptation? Oh, 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 oh. Thank you, Jesus. There we go. 
Hello, baby. I don't care what it is. This is how you see yourself. Look at this, look at this, look at this. What, what, what God, you see all this mess in your life? You see it with the natural eye, but in your heart, you see miracle. Because God turns messes into miracles. You understand what I'm trying to tell you here? With the proper awareness of God's spirit and God's word, the translation that comes into your mind will be different than what you see. Let me give you a scripture right here. Are you ready? What you see is what you get. 2 Kings 6, 15 and 18. Verse 15 says this. When, when Elisha was coming against, they came against, the enemy came against Elisha, they were on a mountain, and then when the servant of the man of God rose, Elisha had a servant, and when he rose up in the morning, he went out, and behold, an army with horses and chariots were all around the city, and the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Because he looked out there and saw the armies, and then his mind and his heart, he saw defeat. He saw death. He saw problems overcoming them. And then he said, so what are we going to do now? And he said, Elijah said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than that are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. That's why when you come around people that believe, have a conscience, they're aware, they've been praying, talking to God, they look at a problem and say, praise the Lord, I know God can do something with that. And then you come around and go, man, I don't know. And then you get mad because they come back with something positive, and it drives you crazy because you want everybody to feel bad like you do. Not everybody wants to join that pity party. Not everybody wants to be part of misery. Not everybody believes like you do. Listen, and I'm going to simply tell you, you want people around you that are filled with faith. You do want them. You want people around you that are filled with love. You want people around you that are more than optimistic, but they are kingdom-filled believers, and they know that God can. So, so Elijah said, uh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Not speaking of the horses that were there already, not speaking of the chariots that were there already, but in the eyes of the servant, when he looked again and back, of all those armies was the army of God. It was already there. It was there already. That's why Elijah was able to sleep. That's why Elijah was at peace. So Elijah prayed, and the rest of the scripture says it like this. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, please strike these people with blindness. And so the Lord, the Lord did it, and they couldn't see. I'm telling you, 
There are more for you than are against you if you can just be aware and recognize. You may not see angels. You may not see fiery chariots. You may not see horses. But I promise you, your spirit man will see. Oh, listen to this. You remember when, do you remember when Elizabeth was, was there with child John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, and Mary walked in, and, and, and Mary walked in pregnant with Jesus? Do you remember when they both, and they met face to face? Remember what the scripture said, that when, when Mary walked in, that the baby within Elizabeth, who was John, began to leap for joy, and she began to prophesy and give salutations. Do you remember that? Remember that? Well, let me kind of, I use that for an example because that's exactly what happens to us. When the Holy Ghost inside of you sees a problem, you should feel excitement on the inside from him saying, let me at him like David went against Goliath and said, listen, you know within yourself, I may not be as big as that is, or I may not be as competent as they are. I may not even be as strong as they are, but there's something instead inside of me that says, King, all I have is a, a, little, a little bitty slingshot, but just give me a chance. I know that God can do something here because you come to me when he faced the giant. You come to me with spear, sword, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and I am an overcomer, and I will have the victory, and God will take the mess and turn it into a miracle. Does anybody believe this stuff in this building? Come on, do I have any believers in this building? Give God some praise real quick. Come on. <laughs> Are you ready? God wants to turn your messes into miracles. God wants to take everything that you're facing, give you the ability to have an awareness, to look at everything and say, you know what, everybody else is scared, but I'm standing strong. I know God can. Well, why do you say that? Because I feel it. Because I know it. Because I'm aware. Because I know my God can. Not because I just read the Bible, because I actually have the author of the Bible too. <laughs> I actually have the author of the Bible inside of me. I've said this many times. How many of you have ever heard me, heard me say this? The Bible is the only book that you can read where the author is present every time. Every single time. you don't feel them, you're off balance someplace. I'm, I promise you, every time I feel like I'm destined, alone or whatever, if I stay there long enough in both of these areas, prayer and Bible reading, it's not long, I'll start getting that awareness back. I always like to be aware. That's why some people come up to me sometimes, they want to talk to me, they ask me a question, I don't respond right, right away because I'm I'm trying to hear what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell me. I'm trying to be aware of what his thoughts are, what his feelings are, what his inclination is, because the Holy Ghost cares about us. I love him this Sunday morning. How about you? Yeah. I love him today. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's just, let's just.
Let's just lift up our hearts to him right now, if you will. Let's just begin to make this our prayer before we walk out of this building. Let's make this our prayer. Lord Jesus, make me aware. Let me walk in the fullness of God and your presence. And, and God, let your word fill my imagination and my heart and my mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we bless your name today. God, we bless your name today. If you're here in this building, maybe you're here today and you've not, you've not taken that first step to make Jesus the center of your life and you need to make that first step called repentance. Maybe you need to just surrender your life and ask Jesus into your life. If that's you, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you're here in, that, in this building and you've, maybe you've been away from God, maybe you've, felt, you've felt, fallen away from God, maybe you want to take that first step towards God and you never have. If that's you, will you raise your hand really quick, just real quickly? That's wonderful. Now, there are people raising their hands that did raise their hand. Can you all close your eyes and pray with me? And as I pray, you pray what you feel. Or you can pray exactly what I pray. But when you say it, you mean it from your heart. And God will see your heart. And you can see some things begin to happen today. Today. And we're all going to pray with you today. Are you ready, church family? Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. God, I am sorry for doing my own thing. I've done it my way my whole life. Now it's time to do it your way. I've done wrong, but God, you can make it right. So Lord, I trust you. I'm sorry. And I know you love me. And I receive your love in Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. I want you, Lord. I need you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want our elders to come up. I want our prayer partners to come up. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.